is the old basketball trophy. It's called King Spud from Idaho, Idaho State. It's no longer used. Would you support renewing the rivalry in football with the ugliest trophy in the history of trophies as a reward? I think anytime you have a trophy for a game, it's awesome. It doesn't matter what it is. Do we have your endorsement for King Spud? Sure. <laughs> Welcome back, Tribe from the North Brave and Bull to the official unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals. It's homecoming week and I am your host, Chris. And with me today, I have the best of all time, Alex the Boat Boatman. Guys, let's do it today. Just you and me. Just, yeah, you you, you just broke the news. TJ's still suffering oh. from that Vandal hangover. And Brian Marceau is taking a well-deserved vacation. And so it's, it's just uh, me and Alex. It's kind of like a reunion from when we... Had you on a couple times this uh, spring talking recruiting and everything. Exactly. So, uh, you know, I think it might be a little more flowing, but we got that flow down a little bit between the four of us. So let's see how this one goes. Yeah, right. And then it's going to be all messed up next week when everybody's back. Exactly. <laughs> and the bye week. Yeah. And oh, a weird segment. Oh, yeah. Gosh, I didn't even think about that. And we'll talk about the bye week a little bit later. But right now, it is HOCO, everybody. And a reminder that today's homecoming episode, just like every episode, is brought to you by Montucky Cold Snacks. Ain't nothing like cracking a Montucky cold snack, an ultra-refreshing light beer born in majestic big sky country. The best part is when you crack a snack, you're giving back. Montucky cold snacks donates 8% of all profits back to local Idaho causes, even right here in Idaho. 8% of their profits are donated to the local causes, supporting organizations like the CW Hogs and the Idaho Food Bank. Yeehaw! That's freaking awesome. Montucky cold snacks, the light American lager for pow-pow rippers, Gator Wranglers, Pony Riders, and Badass Do-Gooders. Visit MontuckyColdSnacks.com today to find out how to get your ass some snacks. All right. Uh, I I do have to give a shout-out. My Montucky is tasting extra good today. And my nice gold koozie from the R&R Cat Cast. So thank you to the Ryans for sending me over that. Uh, uh, You're keeping my beer nice nice and cool. And I'm not going to ting it all over the table while Alex and I do the solo podcast today. <laughs> but, you know, if there's two people to talk about this 24-0 to zero loss at Portland Oof. State, it would be us. As we were the uh, only two members of the team that made it to Portland State. Um, I mean, Ugh. what did you see at Let's let's discuss the game, then maybe we'll get it, some stories. Because we got to lighthearten this a little bit. It's homecoming week. Yeah, yeah. Um we got out Idahoed. That's, that's, that's exactly what happened. Um, you know, they had the lion's share of possession, 34 minutes to our 26. Um, they had 181 yards rushing. We had 80. Uh, nothing in the air was spectacular on both sides. That's exactly how you expect an Idaho game to go. And we turned the ball, ball over four times, which I guess that's our thing now is to just completely shoot ourselves in the foot at all costs. Um it was tough. You know, I think the stat, the score at the end, that those 14 points in the fourth quarter, you know, one was complete garbage time touchdown. The other one, just, you know, complete undisciplined aspect where we gave them a free play and they took a shot because we jumped off sides once again. It was, uh, I think the score is a little deceiving. The game was closer for about, I don't know, mm-hmm. 50 minutes, 55 minutes than it, than it actually was. Um, we were in the game until about the last, you know, what, six minutes of the game. And after there, it's kind of 
went downhill. It was it was difficult to watch. We just didn't, we could never get anything going um, offensively. We look we're banged up on the O line. We can't run the ball as well right now. Our defense actually played pretty well when we yeah. we pitched a first half shutout. I mean, let's think. Let look at that. We pitched a first half shutout. They scored twenty four points off of four turnovers. That's ex- that's what that stat line shows. We gave the ball up in our own territory, and they still kicked the field goal out of it. That's exactly your defense. Our defense gave us a chance to win. Our offense did nothing to help that, and it's just it's a frustrating. Um, I would just say this yeah. talk this game was as frustrating. It's the first time. It's the first time we were shut out since Handshake Gate <laughs> in Martin Stadium in 2013. Yeah, and so, I mean you nailed it. it. You just couldn't get it going. You look at the stats. Third down efficiency. We were. Three for 13, 23%. So we weren't even converting one and four. Terrible. And so that's, you know, you have a drive and you, you your whole goal average about three yards of play. Because if you can average three yards of play, three times four is 12 yards. If you're not a big go for it on fourth down risk taker, obviously you just bump that number up to four yards. Problem is, we were getting in third down situations where we could convert them third and two, three, four, and we just weren't. It was, um, it was a, it was a weird game to watch because, like you said, it, it felt competitive just about to that last uh, what four or five minutes when we turned the ball over. There's that small bit of hope that it didn't actually take too much for Idaho to get back into it, and it almost felt like at some point it, it was going to happen. We made the switch at quarterback. It went really bad at first. Then Colton started to yeah. kind of get a stride going, and you were thinking um, th- there might be some some way Idaho steals one here. Maybe it's another Nick Romano kick after they scored uh, the 17 points. Um, and he runs one back and now it's, you know, 17, seven and, or 17. Yeah. 17, seven. And uh, right. I mean, it, your defense played great, man. I'm telling you, Davis Alexander came out of nowhere. I mean, I know who he is, but I didn't, I've never watched him play in person, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Kid can ball. Uh, you know, his, his in the air, the, nothing special. Um, he, he didn't, he didn't, he no, did no nothing turnover. to hurt his team. And, and, and against, you know, an Idaho team that continually hurts itself. That's all you need out of your quarterback is nothing that you, nothing to do that hurts your team. Um, you know, I felt like we were getting right back in the game there. We went down, Colton came in, we get down, we're kicking a field goal to go down by seven. And you know, Cade Cade misses it left, and I know Cade's struggling with a with a knee and his right knee. That's why he didn't kick off. If you notice that, Cade did not kick off to start the second half. Um, that was planned all week, and I think I'm not sure who's me kicking on Saturday. It might not be Cade. Um, you know, he's struggling with a, a little knee injury, so it's, that's tough. You know, it's tough when you you rely on your kicker who who actually, if you look at his stats, has been great this year. Sure, yeah. you see some miss, like three three or four of those have been blocked. So like already, you know your your unit has nothing to do with your kicker necessarily. Maybe a little slower of an op that doesn't have to do with your kicker. Kate has been pretty money this year. I think he's finally he's one of the better kickers in the Big Sky. The numbers don't show it, um, but if we go down right there, set ten to three, you know we got we get a little swagger back. Instead, the defense has to go back out there after feeling a little just demoralized on how that whole possession went. You know, I think Colton's number is a little deceiving too. Five for fourteen. 86 yards, two INTs, you know, one INT, threw it up at the end of the game, that garbage INT, the other one he's thrown in there on third down, hasn't played the whole game, hasn't taken a snap since Central Washington, and he's thrown it on third down, you know, shouldn't have done it, not making excuses, 
but five of four, but his five of fourteen was a lot bigger of a spark for Idaho. Oh yeah, than and anything else he saw, and a couple of those third downs, and not even third downs. He had, uh, I believe, three drops. I'll give one. I think it was Catrell Haywood. Uh, it was kind of like a one arm kind of coming back, but I mean, it, as far as hard catches go. It looked rather catchable. Yeah. A play where a stud like Cottrell, you expect to make it. Now, if it was an average receiver out there, you'd be like, oh, good good effort. But when you got a guy like Haywood or Cotton trying to make that catch, you, you think they're going to come down with it. But, yeah, he had a couple. I mean, Cottrell dropped another one just on an easy slant. I think it just goes to show maybe – third down. Yeah, and it was just – I don't know if it's just you know, Colton's delivering the ball from 6'4", where Mason's delivering it from 5'11". Uh, I don't know if it's just Colton puts more zip on the ball or it's just it, it was just flukes. But, you know, we have guys you don't usually have dropping balls, dropping some balls right when mm-hmm. Colton comes in. But you nailed it. Right when Colton came in, the offense seemed to spark more than it had all game. I mean, it was very hard to watch the offense, even the running backs, because they all looked dinged up too um, all game. But yeah. when Colton came in and after that first pick, things – I mean, you started to go – Oh yeah, this is why last year we thought that he might be the guy. Was he didn't show it necessarily in the preseason this year, um, and then obviously the last memory we had from from last year was just the awful game against Eastern where he fumbled the ball two or three times. And but you saw him in this, and you're like, all right, there's a guy where if you let him get in rhythm and you're not switching him in and out every couple of plays, he looked all right. I mean, we'll see. Bowen State at yeah. that time was probably like, whole, you know we game plan for Mason Petrino and they throw in somebody completely different to us. I mean, I don't think any other team's going to let Colton Richardson scramble for a 24 yard run or whatever it was that he got on that one. 18 yard run longest run of the day belongs to Colton Richardson. Who's yeah, listed and, and at the route 280. Cause you know, he was not trying to run it. The field was there. I was standing up yelling, run the ball. You've got all day. And then he finally decided to take off at, had he had that been Mason, yeah. you know, it's kind of quick on those decisions. Uh, you know, that could have been 30, 40 yards. But uh, Colton mm-hmm. was like, I want to throw the ball. I've got a cannon. You know, Somebody come try to play me and I'll zip it to the receiver you opened the zone for. But Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you know, watching this team, we're pretty banged up right now. I'm looking at the running back situation. You know, Dylan Thickpin, Nick Romano split duties go twenty two carries yeah. for a combined seventy four yards. You know, we're missing we're missing Andre Carter, we're missing Roshan Johnson. Um, it hurts, you know, we have a deep running back core, but still, uh, when you, when you're two big bruisers, the guys who are going to go run over people are out, it changes up yeah. quite a bit what you do, especially when you're missing offensive linemen, you know, Matt Fapus has been out, Connor Verb has been out, um, you know, Darius Archie got banged up this game. So you, you're back on your backup lineman getting hurt this game. That's, that's where we're at. Um, it's, it's, it's difficult to get some type of rhythm going. And also not getting talked about Mason is not Mason's really banged up right now. I think people want to say he had a bad game from what I had heard from guys. He, it, he was that Weber state game yeah. kicked his ass in terms of physical, physically, physically he got, he's been getting hit all year and I give yeah. that kid I mean, a lot of props because he's a in tough game. individual. Um, yeah. And you know, I think it finally just kind of caught up. Especially with as injured as our O line yeah. is, he never seemed to have time to throw for the most part. And it's tough to get anything going. And also Jeff Cotton, who yeah. arguably the best receiver in the league, yeah, didn't Weaver travel State this week definitely because of injury. Up. I mean, so it, it was obvious are, after this game we're missing, especially our offense, yeah, which makes sense because it's Weber State's defense. 
Or, yeah, you know, on our offensive side of the ball where Weber State's defense mm-hmm. got to take it to us. Our defense is looking – you're missing some guys. I know Jin Wright's out right now. But, uh, you know, all in all, the defense is pretty much intact, uh, as, as intact as it's been all season at least. The offense this week, you're just missing very key contributors. And the ones that we're playing are, are dinged up. And it, it showed, and you yeah. came against another team who has a very good front four. Uh, not a very, it, it, it would just, they've got tons of athletes all around the field being able to record, uh, or recruit the, the Oregon area and the Southwest Washington area, um, very well. It's, uh, it, it's, it was showed that Weber state just beat us up. And I think that's part of the reason Portland state looked like world beaters. I, I said it last week. I'm still not convinced Portland state's that good. I just watched them in person. Like you said, 24, zero. They're not a 20 – you play us yeah. full health. Uh, full health. Either. They're not winning uh, 24-0, and I don't think they beat us more than twice in a seven-game series. It's it's It was just we're beat up. It, it's a, Yeah, and, you know, yeah. they're beat up too, I know. But, I mean, we were just missing – We're really beat we were up. missing all our main offensive weapons. And let's be honest, our offense needs those because we just – we don't have the depth there like we do at defense where we have – you know, guys that can just rotate on that defensive line and linebacker. Uh, we don't have that at wide receiver right now or quarterback or offensive line. So it it, it showed we're beat up. You no, know, you don't want to make excuses because they also came out. I mean, you came out flat. The yeah. game was practically 0-0. Zero, zero. Both teams came so, out flat. I mean, like you said, I'm not that impressed with yeah. Portland State either. It's not, it's not like we got out. We're not like they kicked our ass up and down the field for four quarters. You know, they finally broke through um, and showed that they were in a better situation than we were late in the third quarter, fourth quarter time. So yeah, tough, tough one. Yeah. But the one thing I, I, uh, people who did not come out flat, the Idaho fan base, it was great. That was incredible. I'm looking at the uh, announced attendance. According to statsfcs.com was 4,675. I would easily say that whew, 30 or 32,000 were probably Idaho fans. Uh, it was, I mean, it felt like for every five people you saw, four were vandals. It was, it was it so was, much yeah, fun. You know, it was their homecoming. Um, you know, I'd say, yeah, a good, maybe thousand Idaho fans at least. You oh, know. I think more than that by a lot. Yeah. It was, it was tough to tell. If I was out on the field, like you were, you know, you have better judgment than I do. I was sitting up in the stands. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, it's tough to just kind of sit in the Idaho section and yeah, but the fans were great. Tailgate was great. Um, it was a it was a good time Idaho fan wise good fan support, you know I we have a lot of alumni uh, living on the west side of Washington and Oregon. Uh, you and I you and I are great examples. Yeah, of where it's easier to get to Portland than it is to get to Moscow. Yeah, I took the uh, bolt bus down Saturday morning and got there about nine thirty and had all day to get ready. It was yeah, I mean, it was such an easy trip. Yeah, exactly. You know, I was. Up and back in a few hour drive, minus a shattered window Saturday night. Ooh. But other than that, <laughs> yeah, Port, Port, downtown Portland got the best of me a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. But yeah, no, it was such a fun game. And I remember, like, uh, man, just I was getting uh, in line because they sell beer there, which is also awesome. Because it's because it's a minor league baseball. Yeah. It's a professional stadium. It shares a concourse. Yeah, so. so I'm grabbing a beer and I'm talking to this guy behind me who's from. Boise and he's like literally thinking that we're like Boise State. He keeps saying we're all a bunch of people from Boise. And then I have to explain to him that I'm from Boise and that's not accurate and this and that. And then he starts 
ripping on Moscow and a bunch of crap. And then ironically, somebody I know named Carly Boyce, who it's spelled Boyce, he walks up and she heard my voice and came and said hi. And it was perfect because we're talking about Boise. And I go, this girl's last name is even Boise. And she'll tell you that Moscow is a cooler place. But um, he's just some Oregon kid who went to Boise State. And then he transferred to Portland State. And he was hammered. And it was the first quarter. I was like, oh, my God, man. Way to show out. But I don't know. Any the, the, the the Vandal tailgate section was that was better than the Portland State one. If you're out yeah, there, yeah, I did not. Lots. I made it. I did not make it in to the game until like right at kickoff. So uh, I was looking for you out there. I was out there at noon. Yeah, but, uh, we had a. I guess my story would be so the people I decided to stay with um, were very sleeping in and extremely hungover. So it was by the time we bust, I wanted to just go out there and start tailgating. Who we decided to go pick them up, which then led into a long ordeal than we wanted. And then, you know, hung, hungover people are. Then they wanted brunch. And then brunch wait was like 40 minutes. And then the tire in the car we were in got flat. So then we had to go replace the tire and get it filled up. And then, hmm. yeah, we rolled in at probably 155. And then by the time I was able to pick Oof. up my tickets and everything, I missed like the first four or five minutes. So it was not... Super stoked on mm. that, but that's the problem sometimes when you plan events with people who are more there for the party than the football game. But uh, either way, it was a good time. Yeah. I mean, do you have any crazy, crazy or fun stories from being down in Portland and tailgating? Uh, you know, got a got a good old Airbnb with uh, Josh Ellingson, and Eric Hale, a couple of vandals. We stayed downtown Portland. Uh, good time Friday night, good time Saturday night. You know what the saying is: win or lose, the vandals. Lose. You know, we like. We like we yeah, always so we're undefeated have in the a good time. Uh, we are, you know, uh, but I think we got, we were out till three thirty four a.m. Both, both Friday and Saturday night. I was up at 8 a.m. though on Saturday, yeah. going for four hours of sleep, still out there drinking some vitamin R in the parking lot before yeah. the game. And just a good time seeing guys. Jacob Santa was yeah. around. The Cowans were there. Uh, Austin Rico was in town, even though he just had a wow. trial with the Patriots nice. today. That was just, yeah, that's awesome. That yeah, Twitter, we, uh, but, yeah, yeah, my way less fun than yours. Like I said, I didn't do anything Friday night. I planned because I had to wake up at five in the morning to get on the bus to get down there, and then after the game, yeah. I just got dinner with some yeah. old fraternity brothers and a uh, old Oregon State friend of mine who um, did track down there, and he lives in Beaverton now, works for Nike. So we went out, got a nice little dinner, and then. Uh, mm bolt bus in the morning so I could catch the Seahawks game. So it was a quick little 20, 24 hour trip to Portland, but I guess the yeah. next time I'm yeah, doing it, was, it, it was, it's so worth the trip. Time if you're me. in the Seattle area, oh, you yeah. gotta do the Just trip don't. to Portland state. You have to, it's worth it. Go, you know, experience yeah. the Chinatown Pearl district, uh, playing darts Friday night. It needed a 41. Me and Rico, I needed a 41 to win. <laughs> I got exactly a forty-one, so that was great. Um, but got my went my car broken into Saturday night. Wake up Saturday morning, Sunday morning, and Zach Bapis and AJ Woodenhouse suddenly like, dude, your car got broken into. It's like, what the hell? So got yeah, a bust, busted window, and that's still- the downside of Portland. Were you in the Pearl yeah. or where, where were you guys? We're, we're down the Pearl District. So did you guys hit up Life O'Reilly? We did. That's we were playing darts Friday night. Yeah, yeah nice. Yeah, so you guys were downstairs. Yeah, we're downstairs. Yeah, that's where they. I don't know if you met the owner. That's where he does the vandal watch parties. Oh yeah, we didn't meet the owner. We thought there was like a vandal thing up on the wall. We couldn't find anything. I yeah, was like, I heard, oh, the place. 
Somebody told me that they painted the upstairs. It used to be on the upstairs. They had the fight song mm-hmm. along the windows, like right when you walked in, and some like mm-hmm. some pennants and stuff. But yeah, somebody told me the other day after I posted that that they've painted it and they don't know where any of the out house oh. stuff is anymore. But they still do their watch parties cool. there. Yeah, it's a great place. Fun time. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, any any final takeaways on Portland State or the city of Portland before we move on to previewing the battle of the the ICCU battle oh. of the domes? <laughs> uh, thank God uh, that game's over, and let's move on to homecoming. Let's get yeah. back at, get back at home. Yeah, and guess what? It's all it's all it's not all doom and gloom, as we're about to probably show you. Um, so we got Idaho State. They're ranked number eleven in the versus sports simulator computer rankings. We're ranked fifty nine. Uh, they're coached by Rob Fennessy's in his third season. He's eleven and twelve, which is for Idaho State, it's pretty good. Uh, they'll be yeah. playing in the you know it, the Kibbe Dome. It's at two thirty on Root Sports. Uh. We're going to actually play an interview that myself and Brian Marceau did, conducted at Big Sky Media Days this year with Rob Fennessy. And then after the Rob Fennessy interview, we'll roll right into the Mitch Geller and Cody Graves interview. Uh, it'll be about 15 minutes. So if you don't want to listen to that, just skip ahead. Otherwise, there'll be a timestamp in the description. But otherwise, yeah, we're going to listen to Rob, Mitch, and Cody kind of talk about some things, including the missing uh, uh, King Spud Trophy. Um, so make sure you stay tuned for King that. Spud. Ignore all the background noise. It's in a busy room. So and we just had an audio recorder. So it's it's a little background noisy, but I I think it's some pretty good content. I think you guys will enjoy it. And then Alex and I will be back with you after. It's tough with the field goal away from beating Davis. Yeah. Okay. Uh, not that it was a conference game or not, but seven points with Liberty. You know, we were up on yeah. them. Uh, and then going going down to Cal Poly and, and playing arguably our worst game of the year. And then having to play a perfect game against Weber and not getting that done. So uh, we, we just got to build on that and not take any steps back. And then from an Idaho perspective, I guess, what has the Vandals returning to the FCS and the Big Sky, how has that kind of changed your guys' tactic? Because before um, – Idaho State was the only FCS team in Idaho. And now you kind of have two factions. Well, well, it definitely changes recruiting yeah. because now you got two two teams going after the same group of guys. Uh, I think it's great for the conference because it provides a, a, a rivalry. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Idaho-Idaho State should be the last game of the year, just like Montana-Montana State. Great. Period. Done end of story. Yeah. I wish the league would do that. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, you know, think about it. Montana, Montana State, Idaho, Idaho State. You know, those, those are the fun. That's college football, man. Yeah. That's that's good stuff. And uh, I think it's, I think it's overall great for the conference. You get another great facility to play in, the Kibbe Dome. Uh, Other half of the dome. Yeah, a wonder, a wonderful, wonderful crowd base. They had, you know, the boy. They had a lot of fans down at our game last year. Yeah. There was people in the parking lot tailgating on Friday, and I was like, hey, here we go, real yeah. college football, yeah. man. And so, uh, I, you know, I know, I know, maybe some of the Idaho people aren't real fired up about moving down. It's, that's not easy, yeah. first time. But, but for us and for the league, I think it's been a big plus, and get a coach like Coach Petrino in there, and and uh, it's it's there's a lot of good for us, selfishly, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. But, no, I agree with you with that. I want the Idaho Idaho State game. Yeah, it'd be awesome. I mean, it, I think with. Now Boise State, obviously not being one of Idaho's rivals, I think this is the natural yeah. battle of the big, domes right? for the King Spud. Right there we go. Oh, I'm 
good. So I got. Yeah, like he he may know where it is, but okay. <laughs> so, um, there's like a. I have a teaching background. Okay. So this is kind of angle I'm interested in. What, as a coach, do you wish the average fan. Like, what do you wish. Because, you know, you, as a coach, you're, you are a football expert. You are the football expert in the building at, at any college football game. What do you wish the average fan knew a little bit more about football to be a little bit less dumb as a fan? Just understand that every decision on the field made is precisely calculated and a majority of the times we aren't surprised by stuff and and that's the that's the thing is like i said every you can predict a lot of things that are going to happen and it comes down to maybe four plays that you know, but but like I said, for the most part, everything is is calculated. What you're doing, yeah. you know, and so uh, that, you know that that's the probably probably the biggest thing. You know, like, like when people say, "Well, my wife can predict the play. She knows if you're going to run the ball." Oh well, yeah, but you know. <laughs> We call a certain run play based on what we feel that the defense is going to give us, yeah. you know, and, 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 you know, the other thing the average fan doesn't understand is they'll celebrate a win all week, okay? Yeah. On Sunday, we're done. We're on to the next team. We care less about what happens, you know, I mean, yeah. figure out, fix what's wrong in the game. But, but our buildup is the whole week before a game. You know, and, and it's really hard to talk about on Wednesday what happened on the other game when you're so far immersed in the next game. Yeah. You know, that's the other one. They don't understand. Like, like we don't sit around on, on, on Monday lamenting about what happened because we got to move on to the next one. Yeah. You know, and that's the other one I don't think, you know, that, that, that it's hard, you know, and, and you got to get the guys to move on from big wins like that. You know, you got to tell them, hey, the Idaho game's over. We got, we got Liberty now. You know, the Montana game's over. We got to go play North Dakota, you know. So that's 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 another one. Then last, so maybe last. Because Big Sky doesn't have, like, subdivisions. Yeah. Um, when you guys scout a team, it's there's a great chance that there might not be any shared opponents, especially early in the Yeah, year. yeah. Um, but even late in the year, there still might be not many shared opponents at all. Yeah. How does that impact it, your prep work for it? It doesn't because... You know, you can you can play the well. We beat these guys, and they beat those yeah. guys. Therefore, and and you have to look at it as, on a on a uh, on a week by week basis. You yeah. know, and and what you really got to uh, extract is what the opponent does against certain things. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that that's kind of where we, you know, like I said it, it's, you know, are they like us? Are those guys like us? You know, yeah. we, we are who we are, and and this league is so tough that anybody can beat anybody. That's hard to, you know, shoot. You know, Montana beat Cal Poly pretty sound. Yeah. Right? And we go down and get blown up by Cal Poly, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, Portland beats Montana. We beat Portland. You know, who, who, who knows? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a week-by-week basis. It's yeah. tough. And that's what makes coaching so fun. Yeah. I guess that's the, that's the, uh, that's the, uh, that's the addiction to it. <laughs> so. All right, yeah. Well, Let me see if our guy, I got uh, a King, King Spud. King Spud. King Spud. So, yeah. so there's only like one or two pictures of him.
So our whole goal is to educate people to be smarter fans. <laughs> yeah. so quit yelling at you guys. You're th we're starting year two. It's his baby. Oh, God. <laughs> Did you guys go to U of I? Yeah. Were you guys athletes? No. Were you guys uh, like Yes. Yeah. Sigma Phi Epsilon. Delta Stud Alta. Yeah. Delts get crazy. We do. So first question. University of Idaho, Idaho State used to have a rivalry game. That was the trophy, King Spud. Do we have your endorsement to bring yeah, back King Spud? Right yeah. okay. Coach loved it too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess for us, obviously you think about end of the year, right? Big Sky has protected rivals. Obviously Idaho and Idaho State are not protected rivals. Yeah. Do you think this is something where the powers of beach or maybe look into finding a way where Idaho and Idaho State are playing each other every year, last game of the year, like Montana, Montana State. And really, um, I don't know how much you guys know, but Idaho was always a Boise State, you know, but that's gone now. So I think there's this amazing opportunity for Idaho and Idaho State to become that thing that gets the state going. I'm sure you guys saw it at your guys' place this year. Yeah. Uh, it got pretty electric, and we're expecting the same in the Dome this year. Yeah. I mean, is this, is this something you guys want to kind of see grow? And Any ideas on... Yeah, I think it's necessary that there's uh, uh, the designated rivalry where it's every year. Because I mean, yeah. right now, ours are Weaver State and Portland State. Yeah. And I mean, Weaver State... Distance-wise, yeah. 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 And and if you gauge the fans, you know, at the game, like they definitely want that to be a rivalry game too. Yeah. Know, they, like you said, it was electric. I mean, the fans were definitely behind the thing. And it'd be a, it'd just be a fun game to play if it was, if it was considered a rivalry. Yeah, you saw what it was the first year. Imagine what it, what it would be like if it had yeah. some backing to it, if it had a name. Like. Right. Well, we also got to start being more competitive. But <laughs> if you guys beat us every year that bad, then none of us will want it. But, um, so with that, too, you guys obviously had a lot of success last year. Um, and it's the big sky, and I say it's like notorious for every year. Somebody that gets put towards the bottom of the coaching media poll always ends up challenging or at least playing late in the season with a shot at championship. And you guys were probably one win away from being a playoff team last year. Um, how do you guys capitalize on that and keep it going? Because obviously you guys you lost your starting quarterback. He graduated. Um, so what goes into replacing a quarterback and just having the whole team take a step forward while losing such a crucial part to an offense? You know, realizing we played in a lot of meaningful games, we had a lot, a lot of experience in playing in those games where we're looking at a playoff spot, you know. So, um, we got a lot of guys coming back, a lot of returning uh, starters. I think we had nine on offense and, and seven, seven on defense or something like that. Yeah, so and even, even probably the guys that aren't considered starters or returning starters were either splitting time or ending up starting later in the game. So, yeah, so we really experienced. Just leaning on, leaning on those guys with the experience, and uh, you know, putting those quarterbacks in the best position to make plays on offense will uh, will help them out tremendously, and uh, you know, just make the team a lot better. So. Okay. Last year, I, I feel like you guys should have been understood as a playoff team until the last two games of the season. Like from the player experience angle, like like what what is that like when you guys are? 
likely, I mean, there's no way to say a season's not successful if you, if you make playoffs. And, you know, if you win a game, it's a big deal. Like, look at Montana State. They, they kind of essentially want a, a play-in game to end the year. Then they get a host a game, and it kind of feels like they were fantastic, but, like, they were essentially neck and neck with you guys until uh, the end of the year. Exactly. Yes, you guys had the head head. Like, what, what's it like from being essentially that clo- that close, and then you, you start over the next year? You know, we so can like, we can complain about our schedule or whatever that we got to play two money games, and then the D two game that doesn't really count as far yeah. as a Division one win. But when it comes down to it, we controlled our destiny. Yeah. We, we we just had to win one of the last two games. We didn't get enough. So I mean, that's on us. So I, yeah, we could be frustrated that you know Montana State did the playoffs and we didn't. But bottom line was we didn't finish the season and we're going to change that this year you know it's a tough schedule but I mean we're, we're ready for it yeah so and then separately with this year yeah, like I accept you play the games to win. I've never heard someone say they don't want to win, and I've never heard someone say like we want to go out and play passive aggressive. So everyone, yeah, you want to play aggressive. What was your reaction when you saw this like murderer's row to end your season of Eastern BYU Weber State? Like, was there any sort of reaction like what the hell? Like, gonna be spread out? Or, like, what was that like? Um, out of our control. Yeah. 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 Uh, something. You know, they're three in a row. They're gonna be tough games, but. Uh, if they were if they were spread out, we'd still have to find them either way. So uh, I don't think it matters when, when we play them. It's just that we do play them. We gotta be ready to go. And if we're if we're good enough to you know make a run in the playoffs, we should be you know be able to hold our own and win a couple of those games, you know, like at least. So it, it comes down to we probably control our own fate to that point, and we're gonna we're gonna make it happen this year. Okay. Anything you this question both you guys. Anything you guys wish the average fan knew to be a smarter football fan? To like be able to understand like what you guys do well, better. Well, like okay, say on an offensive play, like the quarterback has a read pattern. So like yeah. when he's throwing a pass, he's reading his progression, right? He has a main receiver and then he checks down. Uh, sometimes people aren't necessarily guys that you look like. You know, you ever hear a, like a guy's wide open. Oh, why didn't he throw it to that guy? Well, he wasn't in the route picture. You were looking this way as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's something that's hard to pick up. I think if you're just an average fan, but like this guy wasn't even part of the route really. He's, he's running a guy off or doing something different. Okay, so like some of the schematics of plays. Yeah, I would say I would say maybe that. Yeah. Okay. I would say fans don't understand. Maybe you know, especially maybe at the FCS level. Uh, that we're not just going out there on game day and just letting it fly. Like, that's only, yeah. whatever, 12 or 13 times they watch you play, but you don't really understand what goes on, you know, the whole year, you know, the whole offseason yeah. or practice that week. Like, you don't, especially going off what he says, you know, there's fans up in the stands are like, why aren't we doing this? All right, well, this has been, this team has been scouted in the offseason yeah. and all week, so it's like, there's more that goes into it than you think it's that. Okay. A, lot, a ton of coaches answered that when talking about prep work. Yeah. Talking about what? Talking about prep work. Yeah. Anything else you want? I'm good. Okay. Thanks for the time. We'll see you guys this season. All right. Well, there you go. That's what uh, the Bengals have to think about this game and just in general their, their outlook going into the season, which – you know, they're having a pretty good year. As we said, they're ranked number 11 right now in the versus sports simulator. And, you know, the one thing that was really cool was we went around and we showed the King Spud trophy. Uh, Brian had it on his phone. And he showed it to Paul Petrino. 
you know Paul. Paul was very uh oh uh, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's pretty cool. I think anytime yeah. you can play for a trophy, I'm yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, very mal monotone and like you could tell he's kinda like, Yeah, that's cool, but that's more for you guys. I don't care about trophies kind of feel. Oh, fantasy reincarnation yeah. of Rob Akey, baby. I swear. He he should he oh, sees really? it and he just goes, Oh my god. Oh my grabs Brian's phone across the table. Uh go Bobby Houck's set up to the booth next to him. He goes, Bobby. Bobby, for those of you who don't know, that's Montana's head coach. Uh, he goes, look at this thing. And Bobby Hawk's like, oh, my gosh, what is that thing? And he goes, that's the trophy Idaho and Idaho State used to play for. And they were like, oh, you you guys need to get that thing figured out. And then the, uh, the SID was there uh, for Idaho State. And Fennessey goes, hey, this is like part of your job. They say that we have this thing because Idaho State won it last. And he's like, <laughs> we, need to, we need to find this. I want this. So uh, there's that. Probably in some storage locker. Yeah, it's probably buried somewhere. Yeah, right. Under and there. then apparently, uh, Root Sports is a uh, little preview for this game. They say, who will bring home the trophy? I think it's cryptic. I think they found it. And we're going to get the King's Bud revealed. I know it was for basketball, but I, hope so. I, I, I just, Fennessy was so fun to talk to. I would say he was probably, other than honestly, uh, Lloyd Hightower and Noah Johnson, I thought they were really fun to talk to as well. Yeah. Uh, but as far as coaches go, Fennessy. Just a blast. He, he was my favorite. It's amazing what an affects his personality of a coach does to a team sometimes, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I all I keep thinking about the whole time is Aiky. He even has that kind of – he doesn't hey, quite have the Aiky hey, mask. Bubba. Hey, Bubba. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's got, he's got the same, like, mannerisms where you're like, is this guy, like, totally there or is he kind of crazy? Yeah, <laughs> that's great. But, uh, yeah, but, you know, all that being said, I like Rob Fantasy, but I hope we beat him this week. And uh, I, think, I think we've got a chance. Um uh, Colton Clark broke it today on Twitter uh, that Mason Petrino, and we kind of covered it. Obviously, he's been a little beat up recently. Uh, Portland State got some good shots on him, too, and obviously he was not not looking like he had looked against Eastern Washington, and Paul made a decision to put him on the bench for Colton, and Colton has been taking first-team reps this week, and uh, I know Paul pretty much said that he's planning on resting Mason. Um, I know that Colton is kind of – the guy that everyone expects to take it, but as it'll come to no shock to anybody on this podcast, I think we should go with Nikhil Nair. I think he, he's he's a redshirt freshman, so you don't have a redshirt to worry about it. You might as well start getting some playing time with him. And, you know, we talked about the last two weeks how young this team is. Why not give the redshirt freshman a chance to gel with some of these young players? It's nothing against Big Sexy. It would I'm, I was on Team Big Sexy to win the quarterback competition, so I'm very much a Colton Richardson guy. But at this point in the season, playoffs are gone. I want to see Nikhil Nair, and I think we could surprise people. No one has film on him. The other option, I, I kind of want to see Nathan Cisco because I he's a freshman, and we have four games that he's allowed to play. You might as well. I mean, at some point in this game, the season's over you might as well get him some reps. He gets four games to play. No better game than a rivalry game with this. The intensity, homecoming, get some of these young guys in front of this, what should be Idaho's biggest crowd this year. Um, hopefully it can break 10,000. We'll touch fan base. Hopefully. As we just praise the fan base for going to Portland, uh, we have not traveled to Moscow well. We've traveled hey, – We're small, small yeah, but mighty. We, we travel outside That's well. I, I actually think – we yeah. might have had more vandals at the uh, the Portland State game than the Central Washington game in Moscow. 
Oh, dear, dear God. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I, I think we got a shot in this game. What do you kind of think going into this game against the the old Bengals for homecoming? You know, uh, kind of talking, touching on the quarterbacks. You know, I know Mason's banged up. I know he was a DNP, did not practice today. Um, that's kind of what Colton Clark has said. You know, I have, you know, talked to some guys. I do kind of know who's probably going to play um, this weekend and what's going to happen with that situation. Don't want to say it. Don't be surprised if you see a couple guys out there. Um, but let's think about this game last year. At what time did Idaho – we got our, we came out and we were flat for a little bit. We kind of started mounting a little comeback, mounting a little comeback, and who was a quarterback torching them up through the air? Yeah. Aforementioned Big Sexy. You know, Idaho State struggled to defend in the past last year. Um, I'm interested to see what it is like for Colton uh, this week, you know, getting first-team reps. Something that consistent first team reps. It's it's not not splitting first team reps that we have seen. Probably going into this game. Yeah, that's I think that's a fair. On Tuesday, Tuesday is a massive day. Tuesday, Wednesday are your two biggest days of practice in terms of it's your biggest days that you packed everything in. Monday is when you come in and you start getting ready um, in the film room and getting ready with meetings with coaches. Tuesday and Wednesday is when you actually really practice hard. You're in full full pads the whole week and those two days. You're in a good hour and a half to two hour practice. Thursday is more of a half pad slow, um, you know, kind of not walk through session, but it's not not going the same. So, who you see getting reps Tuesday and Wednesday is who's going to be playing most of the time, unless they're really important for the team. Um, I I'm really interested to see what Colton does and how he takes it. Uh, you know, I kind of talked to him after the game a little bit on Saturday. He, he you know he was not not in a good mood because he they just lost, but I could tell he he had a little bit more confidence back to him. Um, after kind of getting a little bit, yeah, you know, I mean, he felt I could see it in him. Um, after knowing him for a few years, I could see I could see him see it in him. I think you know if the, maybe there's some guys who did not play last week, guys like Jeff Cotton, who I heard maybe could have played, but that was probably not the best decision because there's a chance he could have got hurt worse. There are some guys who I think did not play last week who you might see feature this week a little bit more. Um, that was kind of maybe some of the decision as let's not really hurt something. Let's take a week off for some guys and try to get them healthy so that they can get ready to go down the stretch and win some important home games. Just at this point, it's pride. At this point, this point, it's, it's, it's about being a man. It's about being representing who you are, that name on the front. And there's no name on the back. that represent the name on the front and your guys next to you. Um, this game, I think I've said this multiple times, you know, there's a couple games that Idaho really wants that we really wanted after last year. Eastern was one of them. We we really, really wanted Eastern. Um, we felt embarrassed by them last year. Montana is another one. That was senior night. We felt embarrassed at home. But the what happened down in Pocatello in that crappy dome and what I like to call University of Idaho Southern Branch because that's who they are. They have been our little brother as long as I can remember. That was embarrassing. That guys took personal. I Coach Petrino, I think, took that personal. That really – that one hurt. I liked Rasan Crawford's quote saying that this week, saying, you know, um, that if, you can't, if you're a competitor and you can't get up for this, then, then you can't get up for anything. You need to get up for this. Go be the best team in the state of Idaho at the FCS level. Go be the best team in the state of Washington at the FCS level. We already took care of Eastern. Let's go take care of our region. Let's go take care of little brother down yeah, south. I – the Idaho – we were just talking about it, obviously, on the Big Sky Big Takes for those of you that listened yesterday. Um, Idaho, and we've talked about it, has a reputation right now of playing up or, you know, getting up for teams they respect, 
uh, or games they want and playing down the teams that they don't. And they all on that show, I, I you know, it was in the showdown, so yes. I wasn't able to actually discuss it. But to get that point out, um, I would take Idaho on a money line in this game. It, it, this team on paper, yeah, Idaho doesn't want to get up for Idaho State. And if we won last year, this would be a game where I think we'd be on upset alert. But they spanked us last year. And when you get spanked by Agreed. a team that you do, because like they said, Idaho will never view Idaho State as their equal. You're right. But they just beat us and beat us bad. It wasn't fluky. Ever. They smoked us. So we're not gonna let we're not gonna let that happen. Hey, sometimes 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 little brother gets a good sucker punch every once in a while yeah. on, on Big Brother. Happy. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think, I don't think it's gonna you know, we might we might lose, you know. Um but I think you're gonna see more of a style of a Weber State type of game than you are a Portland State type of yeah. game. If that makes sense for our fans. To kind of equate, you're going to see a more um, drawn out, you know, battle. You know, unless I'm completely wrong, we come out flat as hell. I think you're going to see more, way more physical, drawn out battle, battle from Idaho and not giving up than kind of, you know, what has happened sometimes this year. Or yeah, that. and I, I don't think we'll have as much luck as we did against Eastern on completely shutting down their offense for a little bit because. Eastern did what we did. They played down to us. Uh, they thought down well, this whole year. Yeah, yeah. And Idaho State is not going to play down to us. They might be the favorite in this, but don't get it wrong. In that locker room, they probably still feel like underdogs. Because guess what? I the Idaho statement or statesman's probably going to cover the Idaho Vandals. The statesman is not going to probably touch the Bengals very much. They'll talk about how they're the better team and how the Vandals are. They already know that the Vandals are going to get the most coverage in the state already. This is uh, their Super Bowl. That's what it felt yeah. like last year. We go down there. It's their biggest crowd in, what, 10, 12 years? Yeah. They came out with different helmets than they had warmed up in to kind of – and they came out like that was the game. From what I had heard from some of their guys is as soon as that game was on the schedule, as soon as that was – we knew that they knew they were playing us, that was the game they had circled on their calendar for the whole year. That is that is who they. I mean, they they hate Mont. They don't like Montana, like Weber State. But it's something about that little in-stateness. Even though we're ten hours away from each other, which is a rare deal when it comes to state rivalries, it doesn't. Oh, yeah. have, doesn't we're closer have to Portland State, Eastern Montana, and Montana State than we are to Idaho State. State. Yeah, it, it's it's a weird thing, but uh, you know they rock. One thing I noticed on their helmets, they rock the two hundred eight. In the bumper part of their yes. front, front bumper of their helmet, they do that. They they claim two hundred eight a lot, you know. And their they're, hats, they're, they all got the two hundred eight on, like you know, when they're at the thing. They all their their polos. That is their branding. They're claiming to be Idaho. They are. We are the University of Idaho. We are. We are Idaho. That yeah. is. A, that's that's who we are. And so I really, I really hope, and I really think. Uh, hopefully, the last couple weeks have lit a fire under our guys' ass. Yeah, um, it's time. Personally. It's I, time to put the kids to bed in this game. It's. It doesn't matter. You know, playoffs are gone. But if, like Coach Prino says a lot of times, and when sometimes you season might be lost, uh, if you're any type of competitor um, and you're any type of man, you're going to want to get up for this game. Yeah. And this is, uh, you know, this. I wrote an article on this last year like, explaining that we need to get behind this game. And I'm glad that Idaho State won last year because I think it's gone a long way to getting Vandal fans on board with this where Bengals fans already were. You touched on it. Idaho State's protected rivals 
are, I believe, Weber State and Portland State. Mon. I don't know who they're protected. I know it's Weber State, but I don't know if it's I like think, Southern uh, Southern Utah. I think it's Portland State. <laughs> but okay, I know I know one of Portland State's is yeah, Eastern. Yeah, and I think Idaho State's the other one. They don't care about Idaho State or Portland State. And Weber, probably that one has a little bit more heat. I think Weber probably dislikes Idaho State more than they dislike Southern Utah just because there's you know 40 years of history there. But uh, yeah. Idaho's the team they've wanted. They watched us in Boise State leave them in the big sky back in the 90s. Uh, you know, they won the one national championship and still didn't get respect in the state when that happened. They've consistently been – when we were in the FBS, I mean, you couldn't find box scores of the Bengals. Like it would now that no. Idaho's come back, it's kind of shined a national or like a statewide spotlight back on the Big Sky Conference uh, because there's so much alumni yes. now that care about the Big Sky, which is good because we need to harness that and in a way pick up Idaho State, in my opinion, and make this a thing uh, because if you can if. This is the biggest FU to Boise State ever when they refuse to play us and acknowledge us as a rival anymore, even though they'll take every crack shot at us they can in the media, in the papers, anytime one of our players screws up, even though they have a player screw up weekly. But we, this is the way to do it. Make this game as close to Montana, Montana State as you can. Because when you look in the big sky, this is obviously the second best sounding rivalry on paper. You have Idaho versus Idaho state, Montana versus Montana state, Eastern Washington, Portland state doesn't sound good. Eastern Washington, Idaho doesn't sound good. Weber Southern Utah doesn't sound good. Maybe the Causeway classic with UC Davis and Sac state, but most people aren't too familiar with that. And the California schools are usually not very good. If you can make this another end and put it end of the year, every single year, like Montana, Montana state, You'll never get the root sports yeah. game. That's fine. Find a way to make it televised in, on Idaho. Have KTVB pick it up. But, get get, yeah. get AVB, FWX, whoever's in yep. freaking Pokey or IF. But, yeah, you know, I think I think this game needs to be our version of the Apple Cup, if that kind of makes sense. Yep, and because uh, guess what? It's a huge FU because Boise State has no natural rival now. They're uh, not Nevada, rival. No, uh, BYU, Nevada. That's true. That's, Fresno State, Fresno State, depending on the year, San Diego State, maybe Wyoming. It depends on whoever's like second best in the Mountain West that year. We'll Utah call it first. State. Yeah, it bounces. There's changes every single year now that they're not playing Idaho. They probably uh, get it for Fresno State the most with their milk can. I think is what they call it. But yeah, but that's probably about it. I think we need to make this version of our Apple Cup because if you, and we need to be UW in that scenario, that's easy for me to compare yeah. because I work at UW. Yes. Um, we are, we are the UW in that scenario, even though we're the, we are the, school, but we are the UW. Look, they're university of Washington, university of Idaho, Idaho state, Washington state. That needs to be important. We need to take care of little brother, but then you also need to have your hatred for that one team that you connect States with. That also goes by the university of, Mon- and that's Montana. That's Montana. That's 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 our Oregon. We're being UW. Montana's our Oregon who will always claim we hate more because it really pisses off, you know, Washington state, even though it's so Idaho state will keep hating us, but secretly you care yeah. way more about beating Idaho state than you do Oregon. Because Oregon, yeah, you view as a, your peer. You're like, ah, there's a chance we lose to them every year. Idaho state, you want to be like, never win. Nine out of 10, we should beat them. That, that, that hatred 
I'm going to tell you right now, Chris, people here don't care about Wazoo at UW. I mean, not to get be talking UW, Wazoo, Oregon, but that hatred that ha- they have here for the Ducks, who UW plays this weekend, and that's why I will not be at homecoming because I have work on Saturday at 1230 in Husky yeah. Stadium. Uh, it's... I'm, I usually wear to game days. I wear a nice, like yellow goldish jacket for you know. I got it. I had one as Idaho. Comes like a yeah. Hall of Fame jacket. I wear a purple tie. Everyone loves it at UW. Donors like it. I'm not wearing it this weekend because it looks too <laughs> duckish. That's you cannot find any yellow around UW this week. It's everything's yeah, purple because of, of that. So, but but anyway, we need to take care of business this Saturday at homecoming. We need to put little brother back in their place and kind of get you know a, some positive. And notes to end the season, something to build off of for a very young team that you are right. We have a very young team who this is a great learning experience for yep. moving forward. And uh, the, any any takeaways here before we, we move on, on, on the Idaho State game, before we make some score predictions? Um, You know, take care. Get, let's get King yeah, Spud let's, back. Let's get the King Spud back. I'm 100% on board for that. Our dome's better than our our dome's better than many domes. Yeah, well, that's not even that a place, question. <laughs> that place is a crap crap hole. Yeah. Anyway, all right, Alex. The versus sports simulator has a forty-one to twenty Idaho loss, and it has been doing pretty good picking against us. Is it right? What do you think the score is going to be? Real quick, little background history. This is Paul Petrino's seventh seventh year, right? Am I right? He's lost two. He lost two homecomings. One was Troy in 16. That Troy team beat LSU that year. And then one was Lafayette and kind of on some fluke plays in 17. This Idaho team wins home came with Paul Petrino. We are six and a half point dogs at home. Idaho State's laying six and a half on the road, six in the hook. Uh, take Idaho, cover, money line. Idaho's going to win this game 31-21. Yeah, I definitely agree. The Idaho's a different team at home. We've showed it against Weber State. we showed it against Eastern Washington. Uh, Weber State might have won, but as we covered last week, fluky, flake field goals, fake punts, it did four turnovers. It took everything for Weber State to beat us at home. And when our only two home losses since returning to the FCS are to a top four team in Weber State and a top 25 team at the time in Montana in a rivalry game, yeah, I'll take it, especially after how things went last year. We are a different team at home than we are on the road. We haven't won a single road game this year. We've won, or this since we're turning, we've won just about every single home game. I believe we're six and seven, six or seven and two uh, at home. I, I think we win this one. It's going to be a shootout with Colton, too. We've got the ability to do it. I will go 48 35. Mm. Mm. That's 55 is a total set on five dimes this weekend. 55. I, I might agree with the shoot. I might, I might adjust mine to a little 40. Like a little 41 to 35 at 34 this weekend. It's going to be a little higher scoring. If, if we can put that many points up against Weber, I think Idaho State's defense, I, we'll see. We'll see. We've been wrong on score I predictions think, a lot. I think year, we're going to so. be healthier this weekend, too. I think I saw oh, I think the, Connor's back. I think Jeff is playing. Hopefully, you might get Andre or someone like that back. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Luckily, we have depth at running back. That has been our savior so far for what you can say from this season. Yeah. Um, TJ is picking Idaho, uh, no score prediction, and Brian Marceau is picking the Bengals. So uh, they didn't give us scores, but they gave us their picks at least. Um, Corner stool takes. Alex, I'm going to have you start. This is a tough one. Um, This season is still salvageable 
in the sense that you can win the rest of your home games. You can beat a couple of rivals. There's still a lot to play for. It's not over yet. This Idaho team, um, it's, it's been tough. We haven't been getting the results, but I think our play has been better than last year. If that, if that kind of makes sense to people, um, our play has improved. I think we are, we have been trending in the right direction. Um, we've played some really physical games against some really physical teams that has hurt us. Um, we've continued to make dumb mistakes that has hurt us, but I think overall our play, our style of play, um, is going to be a more recipe for success for Idaho in future big sky years. Yeah. I, I'm going for my corner stool take. Um, it's something I saw when we were FBS, there was little I paid attention to in the FCS. Uh, I did pay attention to however, the brawl of the wild always have growing up in the Northwest. I knew what it was. I remember one year and I think Montana state might still do it. Uh, they actually put the state of Montana on their helmets for this game. And they used to say cats on the Bobcats helmets and Grizz on the Grizzlies helmets. I love that idea for this game. And I want our two athletic departments to get it done. And if I have time, I'll try to write an article about it, but (laughs) I want the state of Idaho and then just have a big block, like the big block Idaho eye that we used to have when like, uh, 2009 or whatever, when we were playing Boise State and we just switched to the big block eye, do that. Just state of Idaho with a block eye in it. And then for the Bengals with like a gold outline or black outline. And then for the Bengals, have an orange outline in the state of Idaho and then like that little ISU they got. And just have it be, or right, Bengals and Vandals. I don't know. But I think you could make this so cool. Make it about the state of Idaho. Like I said, it's a huge insult to Boise State if you can pretty much just cut them and have the whole state paying attention to Idaho versus Idaho state in a weekend and not the Broncos playing Utah state or Hawaii, um, make it a thing. I want it to be the last game of every year. And I want us to make it fun and different every year. Like you said, Idaho state switched helmets last year. Let's make this decal Idaho versus Idaho, you know, like make it about the state and not necessarily the teams. That's my corner still take. I want them to get it done. Penn state paid us 1.4 million. Like, Still in the hole. Uh, yeah, Idaho State saved yeah. a shit ton of money with paying two mm-hmm. NAIA teams to come play. Um, we might, we might be even more in the hole, Chris. <laughs> like we talked about. <laughs> yeah, we we might have to put pretty much four hundred thousand on top of our Penn State payday for something. Um, let's see. Sad, real quick. Twenty twenty one. Idaho State's not on the big on our schedule because they're not a protected game. Um, just kind of throwing that out there real quick for Big Sky Schedules. You go to fbschedules.com, FCS, Big Sky. Look at it. You can look at Big Sky Schedules like three, four years out. Yep. Yeah, um, they've scheduled four of them. Yeah, we don't play the Bengals. That's got to be one like Eastern this year. Get it on the schedule, Terry. Um, that that That's a game that we should play every year. I, in my opinion, if we don't play these teams, we should schedule them out of conference, and that would be ne- ne- you know going forward, Eastern and Montana are protected. Montana State and Idaho State, and we, we should get on our schedule oh man, every, every year. Every year. Every year. I, I mean, I mean, it's ridiculous. Montana State, Eastern Idaho State, uh, Montana, those are the games that, that I, as a player, you know, look and, forward to playing. I was lucky to play, play in all those last year, and it sucks we didn't play Montana State this year. We weren't going to play Eastern this year until a little scheduling, you yeah. know, miracle there. 
by some people in the athletic department. Um, but yeah, it sucks. Why are we not playing Idaho State and Eastern? Like those are the teams in Montana, Montana State. Those are the teams that should excite you. Those are the that's reasons the, we came back. Is one hundred not the reason not, we came back was to play those schools, not to play, not to play no, Cal Poly, Southern Utah. No, no offense to the Mustang. <laughs> no offense to the Lumberjacks and NAU, but you know we came back to play a few teams that they've been there the know, whole time. People, if remember. you weren't in the original, if you weren't yeah. in the Big Sky by nineteen eighty-seven, I don't care about you. Well, East, Eastern Eastern wasn't really a rivalry back in the day. Rivals. If you were yeah. in the – NAU at least was in the conference early. Weber State, I kind of care about those yeah. schools a little bit. Not as much, but like, sorry, Southern Utah, Cal Poly, Sac State, UC Davis, Portland State, I don't care about you. Yeah, Northern, Northern Colorado. Colorado. You can – North Dakota, Colorado. they're already on their way out, but like, good, good riddance. I don't want to play sure. you. I want to play the Montana schools, Idaho State, and Eastern. Everybody else, I, I don't care. Occasional, the occasional Portland game, so yeah, that Idaho yeah, fans can go to that Portland. Out of Usually, that would be an easy conference win for us, and a, and yeah. a D one one at that. But uh, let's move on. We would to hashtag STATC. Yeah. Um, we've we've got quite a bit of questions this week. Um, what what one piqued your interest, Alex? You know, I'm going to Dan Martin's question at Cap Dan fifty eight says I it says ask STATC. Uh, Idaho is a different team on the away from the dome. Why? And what will it take to get a road win this season? Uh, thank goodness this weekend is homecoming, though. Couldn't agree more. We always turn up for homecoming in Moscow. Um, you know, it's tough. We did not win a road game from 2011 until the Troy game in 2015, which was the funkiest travel trip I think any team in the country has ever been on. Didn't get publicized enough. Um, I could go into that whole detail of that trip and how it was insane that we even won. But we went four years without winning a road game. Right now we're almost going on two years without a road win. Uh, only two more opportunities left. I don't know what it is. Um, we used for a stretch there under Petrino for a few years. We played better on the road than we did at home. And I think we felt a lot of those guys kind of felt there was a lot of pressure off when you're on the road because it was just just you and your guys around you. It was your family around you. It wasn't. It wasn't a bunch of fans around you. Uh, you didn't have to care what people thought. You just go out there and just play ball. Um, now it's uh, – I think we've struggled with the environment sometimes. Sometimes they're, play, they're dead places like northern Colorado, like a Portland State when you're playing with only stands on one side of the field. Um, it's kind of tough to get up sometimes when you go from playing in stadiums that seat 30,000 consistently and get 25,000 people out consistently. I think it's kind of been a different aspect. I think we also kind of thought we were just kind of kind of roll over some people, and we hadn't. And also now that we haven't won a road game in two years, um, I think it's kind of starting to weigh on some people. I think when it gets there, it gets in your mind, and you start going, "Holy crap, we got to win a road game. We got to win this game. This game's important. We can't. We got to win on the road. We have not been able to win on the road. We have to do it." And so it just kind of eats at you a little bit. Also, this is a little interesting fact this year. In previous years, we've usually stayed in the hotel for home games there in the Fairfield in Moscow so that it kind of mimics what you're doing on the road and at home. Usually about your 60 guys that suit up for home game that suit up for away games usually stay in the hotel. Cost-cutting measure, they stopped doing that this year. You know, not every team does that. That's fine. Not every team stays in the hotel before a game on a home game. Some big teams don't. But when it's become part of the kind of how you prepare for a lot of older guys, and that's taken away – and then the mimicking aspect of it for your younger guys. So your younger guys don't know what it's like to be on that road atmosphere, to be 
in that away game atmosphere. Um, when it comes to staying in a hotel, not being in your own bed, you're on the bus, you're not, you're not talking at dinner, you're not doing things like that, and to have that change up, you kind of lose some of that learning aspect. Uh, we have two more opportunities. We got at Montana, good old Wah Grizz, and then at NAU, um, the best place to kick a football in the country um, to wrap up the year. It's going to be tough, tough to win a road game both those games. It's going to be tough, especially at Wah Grizz. That's not an easy place to go. What's going to take to win that game? It's going to take a lot of heart, a lot of effort, and a lot of a lot of can't and quit. Uh, a lot of not, not knowing when to quit. We're not going to out talent Montana. You know, NAU is going to be a toss up, and to see how we're going to be at right before Thanksgiving, there it's going to be tough to see how we're going to be. But it's going to take a lot of effort and a, a lot of grit and a lot of want. Yeah, and to, you know, to win a couple. Of I, I said I was going to keep this in a happy go lucky mood. Thank you, everybody, for asking questions. There's a lot of good ones. If we had the whole team here, we probably could have got to all of them. But I'm going to make it lighthearted here. I'm going with a hashtag AskTATC. What is your favorite homecoming tradition? That is from Martin at Hemi underscore 71. Um, it's, ho- it's HOCO week, everybody. And uh, my, my favorite homecoming tradition <laughs> is – oh, man, there's so many. Um, I actually really like my fraternity's brunch. It, it was something that I remember – Doing when I was going to when I was in high school and middle school and I would come up with my parents uh, would be, you know, because I joined the same fraternity as my family. But uh, yeah, that always looks bad when you say it that way. I looked other places, everybody. (laughs) I promise I did not think I was going to join that house. Yeah. Yeah. Rah, rah. But uh, (laughs) I joined it and uh, I always loved going and getting brunch (laughs) and the chef made pancakes and eggs and bacon and they had orange juice and it was fun to kind of like get to see the house and kind of what college was like. And um, so those memories always kind of stick with me. So then when I joined the house, I really enjoyed hosting it. You know, when you're in college and you're a freshman, sophomore, junior, whatever, and you've got to, you know, kind of sacrifice your Friday night at homecoming to keep the house clean because you've got a bunch of people that pay a lot of money to keep it there uh, and you want them to be happy. Uh, so you kind of sacrifice your Friday night at homecoming. You don't usually do anything in the house. Um, then, uh, you host this brunch. So a lot of the students who don't, aren't legacies and, you know, aren't from Idaho hate it, but I'm like, I love it. Cause I want to be down there and I want to shake all the alumni's hands. And I love getting my little name tag on with my pledge class and meeting all these old alumni and having them tell me stories and, I, I was all about that. I still go to it um, every single year. I'm back, it, even though a lot of people in their 20s don't go because they do try to ask you for donations, um, and you feel like maybe you shouldn't be there. But I, I don't know. I love it. it. It's something where, yeah, you're sacrificing a little bit of drinking, but it's for something, at least for me, that was you know one of the things I loved about Idaho. One of the reasons I decided to go to Idaho was the Greek system. And so I, I don't go back to the house any other time during the year, but homecoming is the one time I'll, I'll wander back up to the old fraternity and uh, shake some hands, kiss some babies. That's a weird sentence to say when you say it like that, but uh, <laughs> shake some hands, you know, talk to some old timers, some young timers <laughs> and uh, uh, have a good time and then head off right off to the Kibbe Dome. I take the, take the fun bus down after getting a Bloody Mary at the club. That's uh, Bloody Mary in a Montucky. That's the way to start it. Get on that fun bus, go tailgate. Kickoffs at two o five instead of noon because I you guys know how I hate noon kickoff so it actually gives you time to go get brunch then a bloody mary and then take the fun bus to the stadium but that's that's my favorite homecoming tradition. Um, that takes us to Big Sky Pick'em. 
Brian Marceau taking one out of Alex's book last week, and he went six and oh in Big Sky Pick'em. Um, Chris, uh, myself, and Alex went four and two. TJ went five hundred at three and three. That brings the season totals. Brian is leading the way with a forty-seven and seven record. That gives him an eighty-seven percent picking correct percentage. We did this just for you, Alex. <laughs> I am, yeah, yeah. I'm forty. Yeah, right. Perfect. I'm forty-three and eleven. That matter. makes me at seventy-nine point six percent. TJ is forty-one and thirteen, picking seventy-five point nine percent right, and you are at seventy percent. All my like my biggest losses, I'd say, out of these eleven, like four of them have been the Idaho Idaho games where I've just picked them wrong, but. Uh, Oops. Yeah. You you win some, you lose some. And our record shows that. (laughs) Um, All right. So we already picked Idaho Idaho State. Let's roll right in to the team we just played versus the probably the two most embarrassing teams that have beat us. That's a great way to put it. Portland State's playing Northern Colorado. Uh, I'm going to take a surprise pick here. Northern Colorado. Chris, I am leaning the same way. Portland State coming off a high call it a kind of a trap game. Portland State laying 10 in the hook on the road, 10.5-point favorites. Northern Colorado might sneak up on them, get a little swagger at home. Um, yeah, going going with the Bears. Yeah, I like that. I thought it was going to be the only Bear pick. No. Uh, especially Brian and TJ are both taking the Vikings from Portland State. So Portland, just you and I on that one. Portland State hasn't won a road game this year. They can only play yeah. at home so far is what I've seen, but they've only played like Idaho State on the road in two FBS teams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well – they almost beat Arkansas too. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, NAU, the Lumberjacks are traveling to Weber State to take on the Wildcats. Uh, I'm going to go with Weber in this one. Uh, Weber State laying 15 and a half at home. Uh, yeah, Weber State's going to win outright. But Weber State did struggle a little bit uh, last week against Southern Utah. So maybe I did kind of predict that as a cover for Southern Utah. You did. Um, I, I have, so, but I think Weber State gets itself right. They're probably banged up too after the Idaho game. Weber State gets it settled this weekend. Yeah, big Roll. sky better. Big sky better takes. I actually took Weber to cover. I thought they would blow them out, but they didn't. Yeah. Um, Brian's joining us with the Portland State or the sorry the Weber pick. However, T.J. Hopkins taking the Lumberjacks with a little surprise picker there. Um, Interesting. Next up, we've got North Dakota versus Cal Poly. I'm going to take, actually, Cal Poly in this one. Yeah, uh, so the Mustangs are one-point dogs at home, basically Vegas equivalent of a pick-em. Um, I'm going to roll with the Mustangs at home. Long playing trip for North Dakota out to San Luis Obispo, going back two time zones. going to be warm. They're not going to know what to do. It's going to be like 70 and sunny compared to like probably 30 and snowing in Grand Forks, so. Yeah. They're going to be confused. Uh, TJ's taking Cal Poly. Brian is taking North Dakota. We're getting a lot of switch picks here. I like it. Uh, yeah. UC Davis going to Southern Utah. I mean, UC Davis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, UC Davis land 14 on the road. Two touchdown favorite. Uh, going to go with the Aggies and Dan Hawkins. Yeah, no surprise there. TJ and Brian are joining us with the Davis pick. Uh, then we got a big one. It's actually uh, – FCS Fans Nation's game of the week and arguably the biggest in-conference Big Sky game we've had all year. The Montana Grizzlies are playing the Sac State Hornets in Sacramento. Mm. I think this is when Sac State crumbles. I think they've proven that they are good, 
but you're coming off a tough game in Bozeman. Now you're coming home hot. I believe it's their homecoming. Um, and Montana is just looking like an animal right now. I'm going Grizzlies. Chris, I think we've picked the same every game yeah. so far. <laughs> this is where I'm going to differ with Ooh. you. Sac State, Sac State getting two and a half at home, two in the hook at home. Um, pretty close game. You know, Sac State, they're going a little swagger off a big road win. Montana, I think, you know, talking to is it Brian who keeps saying that, or is it you? One of you guys is saying that Montana has not really beat anyone that amazing yet. That's me. Brian loves uh, them right now. Yeah, Brian loves Montana. I think Montana might be a little cocky, but that's how Montana plays. Yeah, I'm thinking Sac State gets up for their homecoming. Um, that's kind of homecoming games. It's tough. I like to roll it, the home team the on homecoming. Is this the biggest game so. Sac State's ever had? I think it may be. It, it, has Bob, be. it has to be, and it's also probably the biggest game in FCS this year. If I, if I really had to – I don't think there's been a bigger game yet in the FCS. Yeah. Um, until this I mean, point. maybe JMU-Villanova. Um, that was a big yeah. one. This is, this is definitely like a top yeah. three in terms of – also caught big conference implications. Yep. Um, you know, there's about three to four teams fighting. Four teams really fighting to get in the playoffs for the big sky between Sac State, Montana, Montana State, and Weber State. It's tough to get four teams in the playoff. Yeah. Um, that's almost kind of might be a slight eliminator game in a uh, sense. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I think Montana's in no matter what, but Sac State needs the wins because they were coming from the bottom. Yeah, Montana was already. Yes. Getting... Yeah, Montana's probably and Montana's good, but this makes it more interesting. Yeah, if Sac I, State I agree. Wins. If Sac State beats Montana and Montana State, I think you pencil them in. They're going. But uh, that's it for the. Oh, sorry, Brian picked Montana, of course. TJ also with Montana. So you're the you're only UC Davis. That's the only pick that we all four agreed on, which will make the standings next well, week even more exciting. Uh, that leads exactly. us into the FCS fans nation pick them challenge. Uh, I did not do well last week. I, I got two points. TJ got five. That leaves our standings for the tub of tub tokens. Mitch Hopkins with 47 points. TJ Hopkins behind him with 42 points. Connor Lindstrom and Jamie Hill losing ground on the two people up top. Connor's up to 38. Jamie's at 37. And then I'm at the bottom with 33. So, man, my national no is bad. But let's see if it improves. We talked about it last week. We've got Kareem Cole's Duquesne versus Sacred Heart. I'm taking I'm taking Duquesne. I got to go with Kareem Cole's on the road. Uh, let's see. I had the line for this game. I lost it for a second. It's a straight-up pick em. Uh So, totals at 50. Both are at minus 120 on the money line, but I'm going with uh, the Duquesne. One of the better stadiums in the FCS. They play like right in downtown Pittsburgh, 2,000 people. Come yeah, on. That, uh, TJ is also agreeing with us with Duquesne. Now we have Dayton versus Stetson. I'm taking Stetson. Ooh, interesting. So this is a game I'm going to talk about later. Uh, Dayton getting 9.5. They're t- laying 9.5 on the road. Um, I'm going to go with Dayton Flyers. Probably even a cover, too. Uh, next up, we have New Hampshire versus Delaware. I Oh, mm. sorry. TJ is taking Stetson as well. New Hampshire versus Delaware. I'm taking New Hampshire. Uh, New Hampshire, one and a half point favorites on the road. Pretty close game. 
Delaware. Oh man, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Chip Kelly over Joe Flacco in this one. <laughs> Uh, that means that, uh, the TJ is also taking Delaware. So I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm alone there. Uh, East Kentucky versus Murray state, who I believe is the writers, I think is the mascot, which is interesting. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm taking East are. Kentucky. Murray state three point favorite at home over the Eastern Kentucky colonels. No, they're the racers. They're That's the Murray right, state racers. racers. And the races are going to win on Saturday. Uh, wow. Uh, TJ is also taking Murray State. I just realized that um, I have picked all road teams except Stetson. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jackson State versus the fighting Mississippi Valley State Jerry Rice Devils. Um, oh. I'm taking Jackson State because, like I said, uh, apparently I really like road teams this week except Idaho <laughs> State. <laughs> I think both both of these teams only have one win, if I'm if I'm pretty sure. But remember Quindarian Barnett? He plays for Jackson State. Going with Jackson State, they're getting two and a half on the road this week. They're the favorite going with Jackson State. Yeah, well, TJ did a classic TJ move, and he wrote Gamecocks because he can't remember Jacksonville, Jackson State, and Jacksonville State. He gets those three all freaking confused all the yeah. time. Fair. The Gamecocks are not playing which makes me still think he's going to pick Jackson State. Because Correct. Because he will not know that it's Jacksonville State that he wants to pick. Uh, so he's sticking Jackson as well. Um, when he listens back to this, he's going to be like, oh, God darn it. But only one <laughs> TJ mistake when he's not on the podcast. That's good. <laughs> uh, Lamar versus Incarnate Word. I actually take – I'm taking Lamar. I think You're you see the road team again. Yeah, I am. I think you see Incarnate Word and you go, Oh, they were in the playoffs last year. They're pretty good. But they haven't really done it this year. Where I think Lamar is the team this year that was the incarnate word of last year. So I'm going with not basing it off of a name from seeing them in the playoffs last year. Um, even though I'm pretty sure Lamar made it as well. But uh I'm taking Lamar. Incarnate Word is three point favorite at home against Lamar. Um uh, so I'll go with Lamar. I like your I like your logic. Talk to it. I like it. I'm glad I talked you into it. Uh, TJ's taking I Dub, so he's taking Incarnate Word. Um, then we have Nickel State versus mm. Sam Houston State mm. Bearcats. I'm taking second home team. There we go. Finally breaking this race streak. Stetson and Sam Houston State only teams to win at home this week in the Pick'em Challenge. You must start your school must start with an S if you're Chris going to take you at home. Um, Nichols State <laughs> three point dog on the road. I like the Bearcats at home. They're playing good this year. Yeah, TJ's taking Nichols, but that's not actually true. Your S statement because the game of the week, which we already picked, Montana Sac State. I did take Montana. Oh well, that doesn't count. <laughs> but that doesn't count. It's Big Sky. We're talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of outside of the Big Sky or inside the Big Sky, um, no TJ's wing segment because well, TJ's not freaking here. But we still get a pick. What FCS game are you going to be watching this week if you're not watching the Idaho Vandals? Mm. I'm going. I'm going to deal in Florida at 10 a.m. Pacific. Number four and one Dayton at four and one Stetson Pioneer Football League action. Gotta love it. You, you do gotta love it. I'm going to actually be paying attention to Semo versus Jacksonville State. Uh, I thought about that one. Two two teams 
that have kind of coming into the year. People thought we're going to be good, be back in the playoffs. Rough season so far for both of them. I mean, they still are doing well, um, but not quite as good as people thought they would. Uh, this could have really big implications on the Ohio Valley. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna take the OVC matchup of SEMO versus Jacksonville State. There you oh, go. Right. Closing the bar, we've had Rob Fennessy. We've had just the two of us holding down the fort. Uh, I, I thought it was a pretty fun episode. We've got a really interesting episode for you guys next week. And maybe we will find a way to do two because we technically have two bye weeks. One where we're not, we don't have a game to review and one where we don't have a game to preview. Um, but for those of you that want to say on what we're going to cover next week, other than the Idaho State victory, which we wish we could kill for the 70 minutes uh, that we usually run up for a podcast, but no one wants to listen to us that long. Um, we do have a poll on Tubbs at the Club right now, at Tubbs at the Club on Twitter. Um, what kind of episode do you want to hear from us next week for the second half segment? Uh, an FCS versus FBS debate, a former player interview, or an FCS midseason review? The poll will be up till next Monday. Um, right now it's 36% for the FCS FBS debate, 35 for FCS midseason review, which would be That's like uh, that would be like everybody. We're, we're going to cover the CAA, the OVC, the SOCON, the MEAC, and kind of give you guys an update on what we're doing. Um, and then there's a former player interview and you know what? Do I do, what? That's a, let's do that one. Yeah, that's what I picked. And you know what? This is all suggestions. We're just listening to you guys. We may, may very well may still pick a former player interview just cause we had Marcel Posey on last year and that was one of my favorite ones we did. So maybe we'll do that. I do think at some point we got to do the FCS FBS debate because, uh, it's still we need like an air it all wow. out special like end of yeah. the year in February like air it all out everyone get it off your chest and then we never bring it up again. So, Chris, because I'm gonna need I'm gonna need like an hour. Yeah, so alone. maybe we'll make that for sure an off season one. Um, also, guys, just to let you know, I'm telling you to pick the player interview because those guys are my friends, so I can probably get us a good interview for you guys to listen to. So just a little uh, insider tip there. Yeah. Yeah, we've got an insider now. You could just hit tweet. Here's a great way, Alex. How can they find oh, you yeah. on Twitter? And maybe they should find you and then tweet at you who they would like you to try to get for the podcast next week. That's perfect. Find me at Boatman Alex on Twitter. Tweet at me who you want me to try and get. Try to think these last few years. Um, little Like a reminder, in the podcast week I did, we interviewed Elijah Penny. So he now plays running back for the New York Giants. So that's kind of the guys um, in that time frame. If you want to hear a player interview next week, tweet at me at Boatman Alex with some suggestions, and I'll try to make something happen. Yeah, I'm going to tweet at Boatman Alex that I want Max Komar on uh, or Big Rich Montgomery. That's a tough one. <laughs> uh, Rich Montgomery. Uh, <laughs> you know, that, that'd be a really – <laughs> I'd be the only one that's some, interested in that interview. Yeah. Um, there's some stories on yeah. that. Uh, you guys can obviously find me if you don't know by now at Chris underscore P underscore Hammond. I realize that I always say you should know that by now, but I heard this great quote that you need to remember that every podcast episode is somebody's first time listening to you. So mm-hmm. at Chris underscore P underscore Hammond, I'm your usual host here drinking Montuckies and my golden koozie. Um, but thanks everyone for tuning in. I hope you enjoy homecoming week, all the festivities. I have no idea what the parade and theme is. So, uh, have fun. Um, but uh, 
Uh, we'll see you guys next week with probably a player interview. And uh, yeah, that's time for the best band in all the land, the Sound of Idaho, on Homecoming Week. Oko to play us out. Go Vandals. Go Vandals. Find that King Spud, baby.